0: Part Two, Chapter Five, of The Gadfly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gloria Begemann, Somerville, South Carolina. The Gadfly by Ethel Lillian Boynich Part Two, Chapter Five the gadfly certainly knew how to make personal enemies he had arrived in florence in august and by the end of october three-fourths of the committee which had invited him shared martini's opinion his savage attacks upon montanelli had annoyed even his admirers and Galli himself who at first had been inclined to uphold everything the witty satirist said or did began to acknowledge with an aggrieved air that montanelli had better have been left in peace decent cardinals are none so plenty one might treat them politely when they do turn up the only person who apparently remained quite indifferent to the storm of caricatures and pasquinades was montanelli himself it seemed as martini said hardly worth while to expend one's energy in ridiculing a man who took it so good-humouredly it was said in the town that montanelli one day when the archbishop of florence was dining with him had found in the room one of the gadfly's bitter personal lampoons against himself had read it through and handed the paper to the archbishop remarking that is rather cleverly put is it not one day there appeared in the town a leaflet headed the mystery of the annunciation even had the author omitted his now familiar signature a sketch of a gadfly with spread wings the bitter trenchant style would have left in the minds of most readers no doubt as to his identity the skit was in the form of a dialogue between tuscany as the virgin mary and montanelli as the angel who bearing the lilies of purity and crowned with the olive branch of peace was announcing the advent of the jesuits the whole thing was full of offensive personal allusions and hints of the most risky nature and all florence felt the satire to be both ungenerous and unfair and yet all florence laughed there was something so irresistible in the gadfly's grave absurdities that those who most disapproved of and disliked him laughed as immoderately at all his squibs as did his warmest partisans repulsive in tone as the leaflet was it left its trace upon the popular feeling of the town montanelli's personal reputation stood too high for any lampoon however witty seriously to injure it but for a moment the tide almost turned against him the gadfly had known where to sting and though eager crowds still collected before the cardinal's house to see him enter or leave his carriage ominous cries of jesuit and sanfidist spy often mingled with the cheers and benedictions but montanelli had no lack of supporters two days after the publication of the skit the Churchman, a leading clerical paper brought out a brilliant article called an answer to the mystery of the annunciation and signed a son of the church it was an impassioned defence of montanelli against the gadflies slanderous imputations the anonymous writer after expounding with great eloquence and fervor the doctrine of peace on earth and good-will towards men of which the new pontiff was the evangelist concluded by challenging the gadfly to prove a single one of his assertions and solemnly appealing to the public not to believe a contemptible slanderer both the cogency of the article as a bit of special pleading and its merit as a literary composition were sufficiently far above the average to attract much attention in the town especially as not even the editor of the newspaper could guess the author's identity the article was soon reprinted separately in pamphlet form and the anonymous defender was discussed in every coffee-shop in florence the gadfly responded with a violent attack on the new pontificate and all its supporters especially on montanelli who he cautiously hinted had probably consented to the panegyric on himself to this the anonymous defender again replied in the churchman with an indignant denial during the rest of montanelli's stay the controversy raging between the two writers occupied more of the public attention than did even the famous preacher himself some members of the liberal party ventured to remonstrate with the gadfly about the unnecessary malice of his tone towards montanelli but they did not get much satisfaction out of him he only smiled affably and answered with a languid little stammer er really gentlemen you are rather unfair i expressly stipulated when i gave in to signora Bola that i should be allowed a l- little chuckle all to myself now it is so nominated in the bond at the end of october montanelli returned to his see in the romagna and before leaving florence preached a farewell sermon in which he spoke of the controversy gently deprecating the vehemence of both writers and begging his unknown defender to set an example of tolerance by closing a useless and unseemly war of words on the following day the churchman contained a notice that at monsignor montanelli's publicly expressed desire a son of the church would withdraw from the controversy the last word remained with the gadfly he issued a little leaflet in which he declared himself disarmed and converted by montanelli's christian meekness and ready to weep tears of reconciliation upon the neck of the first Sanfedist he met i am even willing he concluded to embrace my anonymous challenger himself and if my readers knew as his eminence and i know what that implies and why he remains anonymous they would believe in the sincerity of my conversion in the latter part of november he announced to the literary committee that he was going for a fortnight's holiday to the seaside he went apparently to leghorn but dr ricardo going there soon after and wishing to speak to him searched the town for him in vain on the fifth of december a political demonstration of the most extreme character burst out in the states of the church along the whole chain of the apennines and people began to guess the reason of the gadfly's sudden fancy to take his holidays in the depth of winter he came back to florence when the riots had been quelled and meeting ricardo in the street remarked affably i hear you were inquiring for me in leghorn i was staying in pisa what a pretty old town it is there's something quite arcadian about it in christmas week he attended an afternoon meeting of the literary committee which was held in dr ricardo's lodgings near the porta alla croce the meeting was a full one and when he came in a little late with an apologetic bow and smile there seemed to be no seat empty ricardo rose to fetch a chair from the next room but the gadfly stopped him don't trouble about it he said i shall be quite comfortable here and crossing the room to a window beside which gemma had placed her chair he sat down on the sill leaning his head indolently back against the shutter as he looked down at gemma smiling with half-shut eyes in the subtle sphinx-like way that gave him the look of a leonardo da vinci portrait the instinctive distrust with which he inspired her deepened into a sense of unreasoning fear the proposal under discussion was that a pamphlet be issued setting forth the committee's views on the dearth with which tuscany was threatened and the measures which should be taken to meet it the matter was a somewhat difficult one to decide, because, as usual, the committee's views upon the subject were much divided. The more advanced section, to which Gemma, Martini, and Ricardo belonged, was in favor of an energetic appeal to both government and public to take adequate measures at once for the relief of the peasantry the moderate division including of course grassini feared that an over emphatic tone might irritate rather than convince the ministry it is all very well gentlemen to want the people helped at once he said looking round upon the red-hot radicals with his calm and pitying air we most of us want a good many things that we are not likely to get but if we start with the tone you propose to adopt the government is very likely not to begin any relief measures at all till there is actual famine if we could only induce the ministry to make an inquiry into the state of the crops it would be a step in advance galley in his corner by the stove jumped up to answer his enemy a step in advance yes my dear sir but if there's going to be a famine it won't wait for us to advance at that pace the people might all starve before we got to any actual relief it would be interesting to know Ciccone began but several voices interrupted him speak up we can't hear i should think not with such an infernal row in the street said galley irritably is that window shut ricardo one can't hear oneself speak gemma looked around yes she said the window is quite shut i think there is a variety show or some such thing passing the sounds of shouting and laughter of the tinkling of bells and trampling of feet resounded from the street below mixed with the braying of a villainous brass band and the unmerciful banging of a drum it can't be helped these few days said ricardo we must expect noise at christmas time what were you saying Sacconi? i said it would be interesting to hear what is thought about the matter in pisa and leghorn perhaps signor riveras can tell us something he has just come from there the gadfly did not answer he was staring out of the window and appeared not to have heard what had been said senor riveras said gemma she was the only person sitting near to him and as he remained silent she bent forward and touched him on the arm he slowly turned his face to her and she started as she saw its fixed and awful immobility for a moment it was like the face of a corpse then the lips moved in a strange lifeless way yes he whispered a variety show her first instinct was to shield him from the curiosity of the others. Without understanding what was the matter with him, she realized that some frightful fancy or hallucination had seized upon him, and that for a moment he was at its mercy body and soul. She rose quickly and standing between him and the company threw the window open as if to look out. No one but herself had seen his face in the street a travelling circus was passing with mountebanks on donkeys and harlequins in party colored dresses the crowd of holiday masqueraders laughing and shoving was exchanging jests and showers of paper ribbon with the clowns and flinging little bags of sugar plums to the columbine who sat in her car tricked out in tinsel and feathers with artificial curls on her forehead and an artificial smile on her painted lips behind the car came a motley string of figures street arabs beggars clowns turning somersaults and costermongers hawking their wares they were jostling pelting and applauding a figure which at first Gemma could not see for the pushing and swaying of the crowd the next moment however she saw plainly what it was a hunchback dwarfish and ugly grotesquely attired in a fool's dress with paper cap and bells he evidently belonged to the strolling company and was amusing the crowd with hideous grimaces and contortions what is going on out there asked ricardo approaching the window you seem very much interested he was a little surprised at their keeping the whole committee waiting to look at a strolling company of mountebanks gemma turned round it is nothing interesting she said only a variety show but they made such a noise that i thought it must be something else she was standing with one hand upon the window-sill and suddenly felt the gadfly's cold fingers press the hand with a passionate clasp thank you he whispered softly, and then, closing the window, sat down again upon the sill. I'm afraid, he said in his airy manner, that I have interrupted you, gentlemen. I was l- looking at the variety show. It is su- such a p- pretty sight. Saccone was asking you a question, said Martini gruffly. The gadfly's behavior seemed to him an absurd piece of affectation and he was annoyed that gemma should have been tactless enough to follow his example it was not like her the gadfly disclaimed all knowledge of the state of feeling in pisa explaining that he had been there only on a holiday he then plunged at once into an animated discussion first of agricultural prospects then of the pamphlet question and continued pouring out a flood of stammering talk, till the others were quite tired. He seemed to find some feverish delight in the sound of his own voice. When the meeting ended and the members of the committee rose to go, Ricardo came up to Martini. Will you stop to dinner with me? Fabrizi and Zaccone have promised to stay. Thanks, but I was going to see Signora Bola home. Are you really afraid I can't get home by myself? she asked rising and putting on her wrap of course he will stay with you dr ricardo it's good for him to get a change he doesn't go out half enough if you will allow me i will see you home the gadfly interposed i am going in that direction if you really are going that way i suppose you won't have time to drop in here in the course of the evening will you Riviera's? asked ricardo as he opened the door for them the gadfly looked back over his shoulder laughing i my dear fellow i'm going to see the variety show what a strange creature that is and what an odd affection for mountebanks said ricardo coming back to his visitors case of a fellow feeling i should think said martini the man's a mountebank himself if ever i saw one i wish i could think he was only that Fabrizi interposed with a grave face if he is a mountebank i am afraid he's a very dangerous one dangerous in what way well i don't like these mysterious little pleasure trips that he is so fond of taking this is the third time you know and i don't believe he has been in pisa at all i suppose it is almost an open secret that it's into the mountains he goes said saccone he has hardly taken the trouble to deny that he is still in relations with the smugglers he got to know in the savino affair and it's quite natural he should take advantage of their friendship to get his leaflets across the papal frontier for my part said ricardo what i wanted to talk to you about is this very question it occurred to me that we could hardly do better than ask Rivera's to undertake the management of our own smuggling that press at pistoia is very inefficiently managed to my thinking and the way the leaflets are taken across always rolled in those everlasting cigars is more than primitive it has answered pretty well up till now said martini contumaciously he was getting wearied of hearing golly and ricardo always putting the gadfly forward as a model to copy and inclined to think that the world had gone well enough before this lackadaisical buccaneer turned up to set every one to rights it has answered so far well that we have been satisfied with it for want of anything better but you know there have been plenty of arrests and confiscations now i believe that if Rivera's undertook the business for us there would be less of that why do you think so in the first place the smugglers look upon us as strangers to do business with or as sheep to fleece whereas Rivera's is their personal friend very likely their leader whom they look up to and trust you may be sure every smuggler in the apennines will do for a man who was in the savino revolt that he will not do for us in the next place there's hardly a man among us that knows the mountains as Reverez does remember he has been a fugitive among them and knows the smuggler's paths by heart no smuggler would dare to cheat him even if he wished to and no smuggler could cheat him if he dared to try then is your proposal that we should ask him to take over the whole management of our literature on the other side of the frontier distribution addresses hiding-places everything or simply that we should ask him to put the things across for us well as for addresses and hiding-places he probably knows already all the ones that we have and a good many more that we have not i don't suppose we should be able to teach him much in that line as for distribution it's as the others prefer of course the important question to my mind is the actual smuggling itself once the books are safe in bologna it's a comparatively simple matter to circulate them for my part said martini i am against the plan in the first place all this about his skillfulness is mere conjecture we have not actually seen him engaged in frontier work and do not know whether he keeps his head in critical moments oh you needn't have any doubt of that Ricardo put in the history of the savino affair proves that he keeps his head and then martini went on I do not feel at all inclined, from what little I know of Rivera's, to entrust him with all the party's secrets. He seems to me feather-brained and theatrical. To give the whole management of a party's contraband work into a man's hands is a serious matter. Fabrizi, what do you think? If I had only such objections as yours, Martini, replied the professor i should certainly waive them in the case of a man really possessing as is undoubtedly does all the qualifications ricardo speaks of for my part i have not the slightest doubt as to either his courage his honesty or his presence of mind and that he knows both mountains and mountaineers we have had ample proof but there is another objection i do not feel sure that it is only for the smuggling of pamphlets he goes into the mountains i have begun to doubt whether he has not another purpose this is of course entirely between ourselves it is a mere suspicion it seems to me just possible that he is in connection with some one of the sects and perhaps with the most dangerous of them which one do you mean the red girdles no the Occultellatori, the knifers but that is a little body of outlaws peasants most of them with neither education nor political experience so were the insurgents of savino but they had a few educated men as leaders and this little society may have the same and remember it's pretty well known that most of the members of those more violent sects in romagna are survivors of the savino affair who found themselves too weak to fight the churchmen in open insurrection and so have fallen back on assassination their hands are not strong enough for guns and they take to knives instead but what makes you suppose Reverus to be connected with them i don't suppose i merely suspect in any case i think we had better find out for certain before we entrust our smuggling to him if he attempted to do both kinds of work at once he would injure our party most terribly he would simply destroy its reputation and accomplish nothing however we will talk of that another time i wanted to speak to you about the news from rome it is said that a commission is to be appointed to draw up a project for a municipal constitution End of chapter five of the second part